Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. Well, it's 2024. I hope that this message finds all of you had a great holiday season and the year is starting out on a positive. Obviously, at the beginning of any new year, we take time to reflect, reflect on the things that we accomplished or didn't accomplish in the previous year and reflect on the goals and things we wish to accomplish in the upcoming year. As I reflected on 2023, it was probably one of the most difficult years that I've had in my Christian journey. I started this podcast to share the lessons I have personally learned in my life and to share what my understanding of how to apply the Bible through those lessons has been. I haven't really had an agenda per se, just sharing the wonderful ways God cares for those who seek Him. As I said, unfortunately, 2023 brought to me some events where I thought I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do, but it turned out the way I thought they should have been didn't really go that way. And I must admit, I felt like I failed. I failed at making an impact. I failed at sharing the good news. I failed at using the talents God had provided me. I had failed in being a Christian. And thus, I failed Jesus. I thought about quitting this podcast. I thought to myself, what's the use? I I really don't see the impact it's making. I, I hope it is, but I don't see it. As I thought about these things, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 kept coming into my mind. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. When I applied that definition to how I was feeling, it was quite evident I had lost some of my faith. I mean, to think that we should see immediate results from the work that we're doing, I think is what All of us want to see. We do something, we see the result. But look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Paul writes, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Now, obviously, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth telling them that the increase in numbers was not due to what Paul did or what necessarily Apollos did. 
but what God did. And here I was looking at the same thing. Maybe I'm planting seeds. Maybe I'm watering seeds that have already been planted. But if people choose to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and follow the commandments that God laid out in His Holy Word, it's not because of this podcast. It's because God chose the increase. Now, that doesn't make our work or our endeavors really any easier to take into account. I I have been told numerous times, you're not a very patient person, Dave. I think I do have patience. I'm willing to accept people where they are. I'm willing to help them grow. I'm willing to consider their stripes of the ball. But truly to have patience, as God would have us to have patience, I have to admit, guilty as charged. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6, beginning with verse 13. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given is confirmation in an end of every dispute. Abraham had to have patience. And while Paul puts him in this chapter of Hebrews saying he did, if you look at the story of Abraham, he kind of lost a little patience. He was promised he would have a son, and it didn't happen for a while. And so he agreed to his wife's proposition of taking his handmaid and having and bearing a child. That wasn't the child that God promised. And so he didn't necessarily have great patience, although when he was told that that wasn't a child, he did have patience and he did wait for the blessing that God promised him. So you could have patience but not have patience. Well, I should say you could have a degree of patience but not the patience that God has. Consider the world today. How much patience does God have to have hoping that men will repent with everything that's going on today? I certainly don't have that kind of patience. The other thing is I reflected back on this period of my faith battle 
was I kept thinking about the parable of the talents. Let's look at that parable in Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you were to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore take away the talent from him, and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Obviously Jesus is making a point, and I don't think it's necessarily about money, although you certainly could apply it to that. When I think about this, and I think about the talents that I have been given and the talents that people tell me I have, I'm not sure at the end of last year I was using those talents. And as I reflected, I have to ask myself, well, what good is having the talent 
if you don't even use it. See, I think I might have been getting a little too puffed up, as they say, in my faith and in my ability. Taking them for granted like it was something that I worked on and, and increased. But yet Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Those are sobering words. The psalmist wrote in chapter 37, 23 through 24, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. And I got to tell you, when I think about that, that's exactly what happened. See, I was considering quitting this podcast. And suddenly, the, the company that I host my podcast with sent me an email summary of all the activity that's happened throughout the year. And what's interesting is people were still downloading and listening even though I wasn't publishing anything more. The Lord didn't let me fall. He held me by the hand and thankfully got me to realize that faith truly is belief without evidence. He got me to realize that He is all I need, and I just have to put forth using the talent the best way I can. Paul sometimes had to deal with this kind of thing as well. Not getting too caught up in himself, but remembering how God was working. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9-10, through 10, Paul said, Each time he said, My grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now Paul's talking about the many times that he prayed to have the thorn, which I don't know what the thorn was, but it was a thorn in his side that he prayed to have removed. And each time he prayed for that, he was told, My grace is all you need. Paul goes on to explain that that thorn was there to keep him in remembrance 
It wasn't him. It was Jesus working through him. Now, when I consider what I've done with this particular podcast, I could easily say, well, Lord, I had great intentions. I was trying to share what you've taught me. I was trying to make an impact. That was my intent. The problem with that is good intentions don't make an impact. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, Permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Three different examples of three different people who had all the good intentions in the world. They were intending to follow Jesus. But the intentions didn't make an impact. Another example of good intentions not making an impact can be found in Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What a great question! What a great intent! And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. This rich young ruler had great intentions. But when he truly got the answer to his question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the answer was, give up the world and follow me. The impact was missing. Now I've come to realize, thankfully, that one way I can be sure that my life is not cluttered with useless intentions is to consider myself, as Paul wrote, crucified with Christ. When I recognize every morning that my day is not mine to squander as I please, but belongs to Jesus, I will probably be more prone to follow through on the direction that he gives me. It's been said the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and the road to heaven is paved with obedient faith. Good intentions might make me feel like I'm on the right track, but they lack any power to get me to where I want to go. However, a willful commitment to follow the Lord takes me where He wants me to go. All things work for good. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, verse 24. I've been thinking lately on this verse, and usually when I read this, I focus on the following him part. But during this time of my personal faith battle, I focus more on taking up the cross part. The idea of taking up your cross doesn't mean it's going to be easy or enjoyable or necessarily fruitful or impactful right away. But as we are told in the parable of the talents, it is well worth it. I hope that my personal story of my faith battle provides encouragement to someone out there looking for encouragement to realize, as I have, the results are from God. All I can do is provide the action. All I can do is do what I believe he wants me to do. And I hope 
that this message resonates with those people. And I also want to say a sincere thank you to all of you, especially my friends in Germany, who, through your efforts of continuing listening to this podcast, made me realize that I might have tried quitting before I actually realized the blessing. I hope 2024 brings you peace, joy, abundance, and most importantly, realization that God loves you. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about. 